Oh, well, well, well. Look what we have here. You're going to rescue the young maiden, Billy? Right, something like that. You and me, man to man. <laughs> well, well, a slave revolt. <laughs> I love it. You gotta save the girl. That's so cute. Billy, don't. You only make it worse. Shut up, Clarissa. Everybody, welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn and Jeremy. That's right. We are here once again in the uh, snow pit. In, the, in, in the, the snow pit. In the snow pit, we are hidden away from the snow that has uh, engulfed all of New York City. That's uh, true. That was a big third week in a row. We are uh, <laughs> hiding away from the snow. Yeah. And uh, uh, it, it did. We did finally get some snow. A l- little late for a white Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did cover all of the huge mountain of Christmas trees in Maria Hernandez Park. Oh yeah, uh, dude! <laughs> I got rid of mine every year. The day after Christmas, it was incredible. New Boxing day? day. I literally, I just like got everything off of my tree. Oh, threw the tree into the back of my car, drove it down to Maria Hernandez Park, <laughs> threw it on the pile, and <laughs> fucked off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put mine in my backyard um and let it let it rot. Well that's what the Maria Hernandez hopefully. pile is for. Yeah, yeah. Is but the city comes around and, and turns it into mulch. You could just turn it into mulch yourself. Yep. That's my plan. Although I wouldn't uh leave it to rot like that. I would get some clippers. Okay, and cut it all off. And cut it up into pieces and then it'll rot a lot faster. That's great. I'm going to do that. <laughs> anyway, this is the podcast about mulch. Right, because I'm gardening this year again, so I'm very excited. Uh, it's but the it's show not about, about mulch gardening. with Bryn and Jeremy. <laughs> it's, yeah, we got to mulch it up, as we always say on the show. Um, but also, what we should be saying is, what did you watch this week? Thank you for asking. You are I, welcome. I watched two movies this week, and I feel like you watched one of them, or you said you were thinking about watching one of them, so maybe I'll wait and see if you watched that one as well. I didn't. Well. I didn't watch that one. Oh, you didn't? Uh, okay, so I watched um, I watched uh, John Wick, and I watched um, uh, The French Dispatch. John Wick is so good. It is. It's way better than The French Dispatch. <laughs> oh, really? Let me go ahead and get that right out of the way. <laughs> Yeah, so I had um, uh, famously never seen John Wick. Um, well, famously, yeah, I didn't we know talked that. about it before, and you were very—you oh, had the have... exact same expression on your face the last time <laughs> we talked about it. Yeah, well, I have a bad memory for things that I didn't do. Yeah, uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, I'd never seen John Wick or John Wick two or three, which I will now be watching. Um, Dude, two is so fucking awesome. Is it, is it better than one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I liked one. one, but I didn't love it as much as I wanted to. Like, I liked it a lot. I thought it was very fun, but I really wanted to, like, love it. And I feel like it's the kind of thing where, like, now that they have the idea, they can, like, they can go a lot yeah. further with it, right? Because it's like, so, okay, so John Wick is the story of John Wick. 
and uh, he's, Keanu Reeves. Play, he's played by Keanu Reeves. He's a hitman from a secret hitman world, uh, and yes. but he's retired, and his wife dies, and uh, she leaves him a dog, and he also has a really nice car. And then some dudes come in and so they break cool. into his house and they steal his car and they kill his dog. <laughs> and he decides that uh, the only proportional response to such a thing uh, is to do a small scale genocide uh, mass shooting incident. <laughs> That's true. Killing, I think I read it was 64 people in the first movie. That seems low to me considering how much action there is, but. Uh, yes. Yeah, he kills At least so 64. so many people f- over this fucking dog, and like it's I reasonable. get it. It's like he he <laughs> explains halfway through. He's like he's like it's not just about my dog. It's about my wife died and she left this to me. It was the only way I could I could process my grief was through loving this dog, and he took that away from me. That's right. Which he did do that. again, not a proportional response. Literally, not one human life is worth that. <laughs> Uh, I think the movie does a pretty good job of having you on John Wick's side for me. Absolutely, like, yes. The movie wants to be on John Wick's side, and I am, because he's the fun one, and I'm there like for in fun. A trolley, in a trolley problem, like, cold logic scenario, yes, of course, you probably shouldn't kill someone just for killing their dog, or and all of their henchmen. <laughs> uh, but in the movie, you're like, that guy is an asshole. Oh, deserves yeah. to die. And in the movie, you're like, this is sick. And these aren't people. And all of yeah, these are right. just like little, co- they might as well just be dolls because they don't have anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> They've got no life outside of this. But it's like, I don't know. I mean, I guess as I get older and as I have more things in my life and as I have more people in my life who, who I would miss if they died. And, you know, <laughs> like the, yeah. the more I think about life and death and the more life and death that surrounds me, the more watching a movie when somebody dies, I'm like, oh, that guy might have had like a family that cared about him or something. Nah, they did him. Like, <laughs> and the more I think about like, that's a, that's a consciousness that's been put to an end. Yeah, and, it's fake. You know, the, the more you think about it, the more upsetting it is to watch John Wick completely overreact to his dog dying well they could just run they They could could. they don't have to they don't have to be henchmen that's true they've chosen this profession yeah they don't have to be henchmen protecting some criminal they could do something else it's true and it's not even like being a cop or something like that where it's like you chose that life, but that life comes with like a bunch of other responsibilities in addition to putting your life on the line. Like right. being a henchman who's putting yourself in between John Wick and Theon Greyjoy, like that's a hundred percent. That is what your job is. That's the entire description <laughs> of your job. So uh, in some sense I yeah. do, I do get that. It is still very hard to divorce myself from like watching a man <laughs> shooting heads just over and over and over. Yeah. It Especially is, uh, when some of the heads you are supposed to care about, like when Willem Dafoe dies, and they're like, it's sad Willem Dafoe died, and you're like, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I've only known him a remember. little bit better than anyone else. <laughs> yeah, I recently rewatched John Wick, and I think talked about it on the show, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, um, I don't know. I don't remember, but I watched one and two, uh, I think, and uh, I have trouble remembering what happens in one and what happens in two. Um what is the end of one? It's just him like driving away, right? Basically, yeah. He uh, they end up on like this 
the the Russian guy is trying to like get to the helicopter and John is chasing after him and he's his main henchman is Dennis Duffy who I kind of thought was like gonna do some sort of interesting turn at the end because he kept being like I need a gun I need a fucking gun where's a gun somebody give me a gun I kind of thought he was gonna shoot the Russian guy and be like John Wick don't kill me please (laughs) I did it for you but instead he just like shoots John Wick and then laughs and then gets run over yeah oh Uh, yeah and then there's like a big fist fight between him and the russian guy which is really stupid because it's like you had plenty of guys like who were more believably able to fist fight (laughs) than this old russian guy yeah yeah The, the i would say that for me the movie kind of once they get in cars and start doing the car thing on the roof and start spinning i was like this isn't really what i'm here for i don't think and then Mm -hmm. like I think the first one has a really cool setup and then has some really great fight scenes and then not enough, doesn't really bang at the end for me. Sure. The second one is real cool, though. The thing that I wanted more of that I really was missing is they, like, give you little suggestions and hints of, like, the the weird hitman world of, like, these businesses and, like, the... Uh-huh the the tokens and whatever and like all this yeah, shit oh yeah. that I'm kind of like I want to know more about that I don't really care oh, about well. John Wick's revenge for his dog I want to see the <laughs> the cleaner guy who shows up and then they show him cleaning and then I want to see I I want to leave John Wick and I want to follow the cleaner guy and see where does he go what's he doing well, with the bodies after this you're in luck buddy because that is exactly what you're gonna John Wick becomes Harry Potter for adult men excellent like, it literally <laughs> It's tactical like, Harry Potter. <laughs> it literally is. Like the the rules of the hotel become very big important plot points. Hell yeah, dude. The, you get to the hotel, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um yeah, cuz then then there's like this whole thing about specific special coins that they give for a Ooh, reason I won't tell you. There's about. different colors. There's <laughs> well, uh sort of or colors. different inscriptions. They're, they're different uh they're for a different use. Um yeah, but how do you and tell them apart from each other? They look different. They've got a little window. Okay. Um, you'll see. The second one is cool because they go deeper into that and like how that whole world works mm-hmm. and like how what everyone else is doing. Um, and then that becomes a big part of it because, yeah, you'll see. I don't. I won't spoil it. But the second one um, is more fun if you like the world building stuff, which yes. I thought was really fun. And then the third one goes even farther into that uh, yeah. to, a, to a point where I think it goes a little off the deep end. But the, I think the fight scenes in three are probably some of the best because there's dogs. There's dogs. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Halle Berry has dogs that like are like her henchmen and they like run and jump at people's throat. Does John awesome. Wick ever kill a woman? Yes. Because something I noticed in this one <laughs> is that John Wick doesn't fight. kill women. He like very specifically avoids killing women the whole movie. Oh. Every time I don't he really sees a woman, the that. only woman who's a threat to him of course is the the hit woman and he like makes a deal with her at the end to not kill her. Uh, and then she comes after him again but then it doesn't matter because she gets killed by the hotel staff. But then oh, yeah. um but then there's like a there's like an old babushka at the Russian church who he doesn't shoot but he shoots everybody else, even the people praying. Um he, <laughs> He's doing mass shooting. Like that's he what is. He's, he's a doing. big mass shooter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I then, think that... the other movie I watched is The French Dispatch, which you didn't watch oh, wait, this wait, week. Wait. 
But you did like John Wick. Oh yes, very much yeah. so. Yes. Yeah, because I think I think the thing is that John Wick was a, such a surprise for just being a fun, refreshing thing at the time, mm-hmm. and that it has retroactively gotten this like holy grail, like oh man, the movie rules is the best because of two and three. I think so. Interesting. That's very I exciting. Think, yeah, because my feeling is, was I liked it, but I wanted to love it. Yeah, and it's I'm not looking forward movie. to loving it. <laughs> it's a cool movie that gets much stranger or more fun and and fantasy in the Mm -hmm. second and third one so i'm excited for you to watch those yes uh so you did not watch the french dispatch this week though Uh uh-uh okay so i watched the french dispatch uh the new wes anderson film uh starring literally everybody you could possibly imagine (laughs) would be in a wes anderson movie plus a couple of people who you could imagine would be in a uh, coen brothers movie okay oh yeah francis mcdorand isn't it right Uh yeah and um uh, Javier Bardem, I think it's his first time in a Cone bro- in a uh, Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> I mean, do you remember that fucking um, Owen Wilson thing where he was in Loki and then they like cut together him saying, "This is the first time for me in the Marvel universe." <laughs> <laughs> like in an interview, no. where, like they didn't have a clean thing of him saying that, so it's like mashed all to hell. That's so funny. <laughs> it's just I'm funny to imagine like. I don't know, uh, John Turturro being like, this is the first time for me in the Wes Anderson universe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, John Turturro would be an interesting shout for a Wes Anderson movie too. Because so, all right, so so the French Dispatch is about a uh, a magazine in like Kansas, but it's coming from France. It's like a it's a it's a Kansas literary company that sends this guy out to start a magazine in France to send back to Kansas. And what year? It's uh, like the sixties. It seems like oh, sixties. Um, because yeah, because there's like um, like sixties, maybe early seventies. Okay. Um, but so it's it's a magazine, and basically they say from the get go, like this guy just died, so this is the final issue of the French Dispatch. Um, you know, like so he stipulated in his will that we would you know, pay out all the writers with handsome bonuses and then uh, shut down the magazine and, and don't make it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so, so the movie scam. is presented as like, this is the final issue of the French Dispatch. And it's like cut into these little chapters that are like short stories, essentially, um, which are each like a section of the magazine. It's kind of like the New Yorker. There's like some news. There's some like human interest. There's some arts and leisure and whatever. Um, I gotta say, uh, overall didn't like it very much. Uh, uh-huh. not my favorite Wes Anderson, not my least favorite Wes Anderson, but definitely not my, not it cracking the top half of the list for me. I think we're in agreement that the worst is Isle of Dogs, right? It's either Isle of Dogs or, um, Darjeeling Limited. I didn't really care for either. Okay. Um, but, uh, um, reasonable choices. Yeah. It's not as, it's not as bad as those, but, it's definitely not like it's not reaching the higher heights of even something as recent as uh, Grand Budapest. Grand um, Budapest, I think, is his best. You think it's his best? In my opinion, yeah. I mean, I, I think still that's think the Royal f- Tenenbaums is his best, but I think Grand Budapest is like pretty fucking good, especially for being like his what, like ninth movie or something like that. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Damn! I just pulled that Perfect. out of my ass, dude. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's amazing. Um, uh, I, I think that one is the one where he like really decided, okay, some scenes need to have emotional weight and mm-hmm. that has to like break through my obsession with the way things look. Yeah. Um, and I think he also was one, trying I to... Succeeded. I think it was his first time really trying to make a hit. And I think he really did it. Like, I think he really yeah. was trying in that one to make something that had broader appeal than mm-hmm. his normal stuff does. Because he's very he's very content to, rightfully so, like, just play to his audience. And, and sure. he's got a very loyal audience and he'll make a living the rest of his life if he just plays to his audience. But I feel like Grand Budapest was him trying to, like, branch out a little bit. And then this one, uh, French Dispatch, I feel like was almost the opposite, where he was trying to like narrow his audience <laughs> by being like, like if actually, you don't, if there's anything you don't like about me, you're not gonna like this movie. You're really not gonna like this movie because, well, it's even worse though because it's like it it's it's all of his worst tendencies and none of his best. I feel like oh, in this no. movie, um, because it's like. I shouldn't say none of his best because it looks gorgeous. It looks fucking okay. incredible, um, and it's very fun. You can see, like, you know, like always, he has like some specific thing that he wanted to make this movie for, and in this case, I think it's French architecture. He's really, really having so much fun with like the tightness of spaces and like the tightness of roads and like the kind of like chaoticness of shapes and stuff has a lot of great fun with that and like the gray like craggly sort of like terracotta and whatever like he definitely has a lot of classic shit in this um but it's like it's very disjointed it's not very like easy to follow what's happening everybody talks in the wes anderson way but all the time and it's like really like (laughs) everything's very fast and like dense and so people are just talking all the fucking time and so if you're not like paying attention all the time or if you like miss something then you've missed it and it's just it i want to see how long the screenplay for this is because it's like it it it, like the amount of talking is insane how long is the movie oh it's only 108 minutes yeah it's not very long at all uh it feels much longer than that wow so dense it's so dense yeah and um there's some fun stuff. There's some not fun stuff. The first story is is um, there's like a tour of the city. That's Owen Wilson plays like a uh, like a a bicycle journalist who like uh, his it's his signature thing is he rides a bicycle and writes about towns. And so he's writing about the town that this takes place in. It's really charming, really fun. I like that a lot. Then the the second one is is um, uh, what's his name. Uh, the Benicio no country for Del old men oh uh what josh uh javier uh oh javier bardem yeah javier bardem uh he's a like murderer who's in jail and he's also a painter and so it's all about him trying to like make his masterpiece and uh and 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 the story of him making his masterpiece i think that is benicio del toro not javier bardem oh you're right it is benicio del toro my bad mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, what else? There's a story about, like, a student protest, and there's a story about, like, a chef who works for the police, and, um... Oh, wow, there's, like, four? I thought, I thought, I assumed there was only three, for some reason. Stories. So there's three stories, Mm -hmm. and then the, I think the, the Owen Wilson bit is more of, like, an intro. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really a story, 
but um yeah i don't know i mean it's like it's it's chopped up in in a weird way that it's like it at once doesn't give you enough time to get into these stories but also takes way too long to tell them it's really interesting (laughs) yeah it's it's just a weird space uh that it all ends up in i think I don't know. I don't want to spoil too much for you because I I'm very curious what you think it, of yeah. a lot of it. There's an animated segment that I was really disappointed in. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just really wasn't my favorite. Yeah, I'm really soft on Wes Anderson. Like even the ones I don't really like, I'm usually like I still thought it was pretty good because I think he's got such a unique voice and I like. To oh see sure, what he does. yeah. But I mean, I love dogs. I. I think I it's hard for me to even imagine wanting to ever see that movie again even though it does look cool mm-hmm. it's just so boring. Yeah, um, for sure. So the other thing I'll say bad, the last thing I'll say on fine. this is um that um what's her name from uh Coen Brothers Francis McDormand? Francis McDormand. My brain is just like off right now. Um yeah, Francis <laughs> McDormand I had big problems with her in this movie um really i and i love her and she's great in this movie but the problem is that she's not (laughs) like when everybody talks like wes anderson you have to talk like wes anderson Mm. and her problem is that she's doing her regular acting which is great (laughs) it's great acting but like it just i don't know it's like you got to catch the vibe of the wes anderson movie you got to ride that wave and if you don't ride that wave then like you're the asshole who's just kind of like treading water while everyone else rides the wave and <laughs> it just like doesn't work she doesn't work in the movie she belongs in coen brothers she doesn't belong in wes anderson <laughs> she's too naturalistic she's too naturalistic exactly she's too she's too normal she's too like a real person weird she's not doing kinda, that I like adrian brody that. smarmy sort of like <laughs> I don't know. There's so, it's so hard to put a finger on the Wes Anderson vibe. I, was I talking agree. To people I mean, in the Discord especially about because, this. especially because like so many characters are so different. Like Bill Murray doesn't really do it in in like Zisu. I think, but I think like he does. It's like it's like they wrote in a way where he had to. I don't know. It's so weird because it's like it's not an affect exactly. It's like the way things are written. I don't know. It's so weird. Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's it's because it, the characters are distinct from one another, and and the the styles are very different from each other. But it's like there's just something that happens where they all kind of just f- have that fingerprint on them, and Frances yeah. McDormand just feels like she's in the wrong movie. Yeah, because I, I think a lot about like uh, when people talk about the way people because there's some very memorable like flat characters like Luke Wilson and Royal Tenenbaums, mm-hmm. um, but. But then you've got like Ed Norton in Moonrise Kingdom, and he's like this nervous, like, oh, guys, well, gosh, well, you know, like, yes. And like, that's, it's like they're, there's very different types of characters, but they all fit together yes. in this specific aesthetic somehow, um, which is magical, I think, that he is able to do that. But, uh, and that's why I'm generally soft on him is like, even if I really didn't like the movie, I'm just like so impressed by his ability to make something so distinctly his own that's so like instantly recognizable as his 
that you yeah. still can't for the life of you exactly describe. Yeah. It's it's just such a like it's he's the only person like that basically. He's so talented. I don't know what's going on, but yeah. Even when he does a whiff, I think it's still pretty interesting. Yes. So what did you watch this week? Jeremy, I have to tell you. Uh well first of all I wanted to mention real quick, have you ever seen How To with John Wilson? Mm-hmm. Okay, the second season I watched that this week. I watched um, a couple of episodes. It's really cute, and what I really loved about it, and wanted to mention that is, if you haven't, if you listener haven't seen it, uh, John Wilson, you know, he does his sort of just like personal essays, but in this one he has money, like a lot of money, because mm-hmm. it's an HBO show now, uh, in production, and it's so funny the way he uses it. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like, I'm gonna make one of like a literal dream that I had become a reality or like, I'm just going to fly to Florida and try to track down the guy who invented bang energy drink. Like the choices he makes in the way he uses like the HBO money are so funny. Yes. And it's, it's, he doesn't change anything about the show. Like he doesn't up the production in any way, except (laughs) he just, is capable of doing things he wouldn't have been able to do before and that's it's so great to watch and i'm always just amazed by like how much footage he has to get yeah i so just much. i want to know like it's got to be like <laughs> fucking marble hornets it's got to be like he it's just has the camera hours. on all the time because he's afraid or whatever <laughs> <laughs> it does seem like that uh it's also funny like when people i know show up in that show mm-hmm <laughs> like there's both seasons have been somebody like i'm like that's my friend um it's weird because uh, it's a brooklyn show so if yeah, you like yeah he's it, in ridgewood yeah it's a queen's show i guess but it's a know. queen's show Bryn. all right it's a, we're on the border it's fine uh <laughs> uh but yeah so i watched that and i really enjoyed it uh definitely watch it if you like the first season um it's very good uh but i have to tell you that yesterday i watched a movie called dear evan hansen Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of this movie? <laughs> no way! <laughs> Why? <laughs> my friends had heard about it. I was at my friend's house, and and they were they had listened to something or or had heard about it being really bad, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Can we watch Evan Hansen?" And I was like, "Sure." I don't know what is it, and. um have you have you seen it? No, no, no. Do you know? Have you seen the show? No, but like, I'm like familiar musical? with the idea at least. Okay, I didn't know what the story was about, and I couldn't believe it because <laughs> I'd heard. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, what is it about? Oh, this is what's so amazing. Okay, so first of all, the story the the story of the musical. If you don't know what it is, the musical is it's a Broadway musical that is about a kid. Well, I'm not going to tell you what it's about real quick, um, but. It was a very popular show. It won Tonys and people like drove, you know, it was a big hit. Um, and I always thought it was some, um, it's about, I knew it was about teen suicide and like mental health and stuff. And it was like kind of a, a dark, uplifting sh- show, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there's some, the the movie is is on par with Rent as being, even the fans hate it. You know, Mm -hmm. like, even the people who love, you know, have the fucking Dear Evan Hansen shirts. Like, we're like, that's a bad translation. Yeah, because from what I know of it, like, the big thing I know is that, yeah, they, like, got the, I guess it's the original guy guy to play Evan Hansen again. 
and he's 28 yeah in this movie and he looks he looks like i kept saying different people he looks like he looks like malcolm gladwell or something <laughs> like <laughs> he looks so old like he has a five o'clock shadow constantly he's supposed to be a skinny nerd uh-huh. but he he looks just awful like when we first started watching it we we're like well he's not that bad he like he kind of looks like a scrawny you know nerdy kid uh but like the more they do different lighting it's just shocking like he's in this movie with other teenagers and it's it it's real awful but what was real we watched this movie with just our jaw agape because the plot of this movie is that he's an anxious teen who doesn't have any friends and he's in love doug funny style patty mayonnaise style like with a girl he's never talked to okay um and he like obsesses over this girl and her brother is like a goth troubled teen and he like bullies him once he never talked to him either but like he bullies him once and then apologizes him oh and his therapist is telling him to write these letters to himself like dear evan hansen today's gonna be a good day it's it's a stupid framing device but that's the the hinge point of this plot is that he writes himself letters and so one day uh connor the the, his crush's brother like you know it's like what are you laughing at fuck you or whatever and then um they're in the school library and he's writing himself one of these email these letters or whatever and he prints it out and he's like hey man i'm sorry for um for yelling at you earlier i saw no one signed your cast he has a broken arm okay he's like i saw no one signed your cast can i sign your cast And he's like sure and he signs his name real big connor and he's like, there, now we can both pretend we have friends. And it's like, oh, okay. And then he gets the letter that he printed out, Dear Evan Hansen, where he mentions like Zoe. And he's like, hey, is this about my sister? And he's like, you creep, you're a weirdo, whatever. And okay. he, takes the, he takes the letter. And then three days later, kills himself. And Evan so, Hansen does? No, 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 the, the goth kid, Connor. Connor. He kills himself. And then... People think that his letter that they find on Connor is his suicide note. So So they think that Connor loves his own sister? No, well, they think it's like, it's like written really vaguely. It's like, uh, you know, I had a terrible day and I hate everything, but you're my best friend at dear Evan Hansen is my best friend. So they think that Connor's best friend is Evan Hansen. Okay. And so Evan Hansen gets into this like situation where they think that he's the only friend that Connor ever had. And then like a freak starts telling lies about all of the good times they had so he can like get attention. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Cause they're like wanting him to be like, we didn't know anything about his life. He was all very secluded and stuff. So, you know, tell us about Connor. And so he just, this, this guy who like literally can't speak to anybody all of a sudden becomes this master manipulator. And, (laughs) <laughs> Why does Connor kill himself? No reason. He's a, a troubled teen. Just cause. You don't find anything else about him. Like he was in rehab, but it's never clear what drug he was taking or addicted to. Yeah, how um, does he how does he do it? Do they say? I don't think they say. <laughs> He's just dead. Just heads head uh, head first, <laughs> jump off a building. So <laughs> you have this like old man. <laughs> He's twenty eight, but he looks like a thirty year old mm-hmm. guy. You know, like singing these 
big songs about how he was friends with this kid uh and then just lying and being a terrible person and manipulating everyone around him and you're supposed to be like and so what's his reckoning does he like eventually get caught or something yeah he gets caught i mean like they start like he he, like digs himself deeper and deeper and they start like the connor project and like he (laughs) gives this big it's so stupid he like gives this speech which is a song (laughs) and then the speech goes viral Oh, but then no. you're like, what is going viral? Like a kid giving a speech or is he singing? It like, <laughs> uh, And then that whole sequence is so stupid because they're like, it's going viral and it has like a thousand views or something. <laughs> um, it's real bad. Uh, also, Oof. all of the songs sound like Hillsong. <laughs> like it all sounds like worship music, you know? Uh-huh. Like it's that new style of Broadway where it's all like too produced, but there's no precise genre it's like it's not rock it's not anything it's just this weird like broadway stuff so all the songs are really bad um it's so funny though it's a really funny movie (laughs) um because you're just continually being like stop stop (laughs) stop grooming this child (laughs) 30 year old man because then he starts being like there's a song where he like tells the sister like she's like because she hated her brother he's like he's such an asshole he never even paid any attention to me and then he's like no he paid attention to you he notices all these things about you and then like he's telling her what he likes about her through the eyes of the brother like as though the brother said those things about her it's really fucked up and weird (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't believe that the movie was about that but yeah, he he gets found out. He found um, a girl who also is like involved in the Connor Project puts the suicide quote unquote suicide note online, and then people are like, "Wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It sounds like someone else wrote. You know, they basically she takes it down. Commenters like pull it apart, mm-hmm. and then um, those he damn rolls. And then he uses his incredible nerd stalking behavior to like Google foo stuff about Connor and then like find him like songs that he played or whatever and then like gives them to the family. And I guess that that's like supposed to redeem him or whatever. Um, luckily, he doesn't like end up with Zoe or anything. Like he doesn't like. Get, oh, he doesn't end up with Zoe? No, he doesn't end up with anybody. He's like alone at the end. Interesting. Because <laughs> he's a bad person, but it's very. Does he ever get a crack at it at least? Kind of, yeah all right because she's like i i she's there's a whole song about how she's like i like you now um oh god it's so weird dude (laughs) it was a really weird thing to watch god damn Uh, it was so awkward but it it feels worse than rent i think just because it's like completely unable to to like deliver what tone it's supposed to be you Mm -hmm. know what i mean it like doesn't know what it's trying to do it, it's simultaneous it's like sometimes this like jaunty funny thing and then other times this very creepy thing <laughs> weird uh yeah terrible movie anyway let's talk about the movie we watched this week yes oh i wouldn't recommend that never watch a dear evan didn't think <laughs> by so by the way uh yeah let's talk about the movie we watched this week uh this week we watched a movie called society from 1989 slash 1992 slash night what <laughs> so apparently it was made in 1989 but it wasn't released until 1992 i did not realize that yeah um the movie is directed by brian yuzna 
who is um this is his first directing job yes but he's like uh, he's a hollywood guy well, he was a producer, yeah. and he worked a lot with Stuart Gordon, who is one of my favorite guys, who directed Reanimator and From Beyond, and he produced mm-hmm. a lot of uh, Stuart Gordon stuff. Uh, he also fucking wrote Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, so I was going to say, three. this is the same year that he makes this, he makes Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which is right, very he- crazy. <laughs> yeah, he wrote uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and they made a Disney movie out of it. Um you know, he seems like a, you know, a sort of, a sort of, uh, uh, a guy who is able to schmooze, you know, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's, he's on this sort of like body horror grind, just making sort of Roger Corman style weird stuff. And like also being like, maybe I could make money writing this kind of movie or whatever. So, right, you know, but I do think that this movie written uh, by, um, Zeph Daniel and Rick Fry um, is sort of more what he's interested in is my sense um, considering it's mostly what he made Mm -hmm. Um, and this movie is a body horror movie um, which we haven't yet talked about on this show we have Um, we we did uh, The Fly we did The Fly and I guess I guess technically Shivers too we did Shivers um, yes, 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 yes. With with Dan, um, I, I, I mean that the fly definitely is firmly in the category. But like when I think of my favorite ones, like they're usually much more on this side of like the really crazy, gross stuff. <laughs> See, I um, kind of think that like I, I was kind of thinking that like this didn't i mean i guess i don't really know the parameters of body horror as much as i thought i did because i read that this was body horror and i was like okay and then we're like most of the way through the movie and like almost nothing's happened to a body at all and well (laughs) then the end i'm kind of like well this isn't really about like the changing of a body these guys are a different species and so it's not really i don't know from what i thought the body horror was about stuff happening to your body you know not well, weird shit of a body. <laughs> I think it's I think it's definitely both. Um mm-hmm. and when I think of it, I think of it more as the weird stuff happening to a body thing. Mm-hmm. Uh it's mostly like the type of effects, I think. Um like From Beyond is one of the firm staples of it and that movie is about like becoming a weird like Lovecraftian monster. Yes. Um That's really it for me is I always thought the body horror was more about like becoming I see. You know, it's about well, they, a change being imposed onto a character. Whereas these guys the were kid. already gross morphy people. <laughs> That's true. But you don't know that. Like as you're watching the movie. Sure, 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 sure. You know, stuff is happening with like the the sister's back. That's all weird and like the girl's body is like turning around when after they have sex yeah. and stuff. Like there's hints. And I really liked Okay. Uh let's quickly just this this movie has very little plot, so Yeah. Basically, this kid is, um, you follow Billy, Billy, forget his last name. Whatever, um, Knight, who cares? Whitney, I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, Billy is a Bill kid Bill Whitney, who, isn't that um, Larry the Cable Guy's real name? Dan, I thought it was Dan Whitney. Dan Whitney, never mind, okay. Um, so but, Bill uh, Whitney is Larry the Cable Guy's son. That's right. 
Uh, Bill Whitney goes to a private school and lives with his very well-to-do, you know, rich upper crust family. And um, that's basically all you, you get to know his family and he, he goes, he's running for class president and he's got this girlfriend. He's kind Uh, of like a, um, he's kind of like a dopey cowabunga guy. Um, But he kind of reminds me of like the way Marty McFly is where he's like, effortlessly cool but also not popular yes um um, like he's sort of just like in the mix people like him or don't but yeah he's like um he's like a mainstream palatable cowabunga guy right he's kind of a surfer dude that they live clearly in like beverly hills yeah um and so he comes from a very rich family but he kind of suspects that something weird is going on with his family. Well, at first he's like, he's isolated. He feels isolated and like, he doesn't really belong in his family. He's got this therapist who he's talking to about it all the time. Mm -hmm. And then he like starts to feel weird about his sister. And there's like some kid who he finds like snooping on his sister in the bathroom. And this is not treated as that big of a deal it's a big deal he kicks him out of the house but not a big enough deal to like say call the police or something right the police have a weird role in this movie yes so the kid uh finds uh bill at the beach uh at a later date and says like listen i know it was weird that i was um you know sexually assaulting your sister in that way (laughs) it seemed like i was sexually assaulting your sister but i have something very important to tell you yeah what i what i actually was doing was recording her having sex normal (laughs) which is not sexual assault what that is is a different sexual crime i don't know the name of right but i'm sure you'd end up in some sort of prison yeah um but he does make him listen to the tape and it sounds pretty concerning and it sounds like his parents having sex with his sister right um talking about how much they hate uh uh bill well there's some sort of weird thing because she's gonna have her quote-unquote coming out which is like a debutante ball you're assuming um i think that's a real thing um where it's like an old-fashioned thing rich people do where the daughter is like eligible to be dated and like courted um and so it's sort of this you know thing where she even talks about it later in the sh- movie. She's like, it's not real. I've been dating for three years. It's just a fun, you know, right. dance for my birthday or whatever. Um, it's like a quinceanera, basically, for, for rich white people. Right. Um, and it's a bat mitzvah so, for, for Christians. Exactly. And um, so she, so she, they're playing it down, but in the tape, they're like, the coming out is going to be where we all fuck and then billy will be involved somehow and like Mm -hmm. he's like what the fuck does this mean so he takes the tape to his uh to his therapist and he's like you got to hear this what the fuck is going on with my family and the therapist when the therapist takes it he's like there's nothing on this tape that's abnormal and we they've replaced the tape i guess with a tape that's them just being like hey excited for your debut huh gonna be a lot of fun (laughs) looking forward to eating those um shrimps (laughs) yeah and he's like what the fuck this is awful and so he starts to suspect that everyone's in on it um he goes to like meet up with the guy who gave him the tape but then he like gets hit by a car or something like that yeah and uh he is is declared dead and being taken into an ambulance um and then he's like trying to figure out what's going on Um, the movie is basically him trying to figure out what's going on for the vast majority of the movie um he goes to a party where the 
his like bully is and uh has sex with his girlfriend i guess and Mm -hmm. the bully is like tells him the truth what you're assuming is that like yeah we fucked her and like everyone got so excited everyone else fucked her and but he can't tell if he's teasing him or not um and uh then he has sex with that guy's girlfriend who also has weird stuff going on with her body she's like all turned so so all throughout this like what's ultimately like kind of a tedious movie about just like trying to figure out what's weird like it's like shit's weird but i don't know why and i'm trying to figure it out so i'm going through all these different clues and whatever and but all throughout it there's like these little hints that are peppered in here and there of like what might be weird and so there's a scene where he has sex with this woman and then like he's like on the floor or something and like kind of looking away and then he looks back and it looks like her legs are going the wrong way mm-hmm. um, her, like her bottom half is backwards yeah, yeah yeah her bottom half is backwards and then he like blinks and it's normal and he's like what the fuck and then another time he's having sex it might be the same time actually that he's having sex and there's like a third arm that just shows up oh yeah <laughs> um so like little things like that are just kind of like hinted at throughout. And uh, a- after all of this business and whatever, it we'll just kind of like skip ahead here because it's like basically yeah, what happens. Yeah, he is- tries again. He almost finds out, but then someone else dies. The car- they steal his car. A bunch of like little things happen. And then yeah. finally, he tries to confront his parents um, on the night of the sister's debut, but his house is like all go- like shut off and he can't find anybody and then they catch him with like a dog catchers like yeah and they drug him and then he wakes up and and everybody's there everybody's there his therapist his family like all the bullies like pretty much everybody you've met in the movie up until this point is all there and they're all like hey what's up actually we're not aliens which is what you think we are we're not aliens we're a different thing altogether we're just like a second type of human and this type of human is like monstrously horny and um we (laughs) we fuck by combining our bodies together into goop and turning ourselves inside out and twisting around and getting all weird with our fucking weird little bodies and whatever Uh and and, uh it's a sexual ritual that we do and that also involves absorbing humans into us uh for i guess sustenance or whatever adrenochrome uh for adrenochrome (laughs) and um and then they he there's another kid there who's the other kid there i don't remember the kid who originally was on to them that they oh, okay. declared so dead. So the kid who was originally on to them, he starts getting like sucked up into them, and Billy's watching. He's like, "Oh, this is crazy! Oh my god!" Uh, and like he goes all throughout the house. He sees a whole bunch of sights. There's a whole bunch of stuff. His family is all kind of like merged together. His dad's face is sticking out of his ass. It's very funny. <laughs> um, it is funny. <laughs> this is all called shunting. Is what they right. do when they merge bodies together. It's called shunting. Uh, and then um, they're going to try to shunt with Billy, and uh, he's like, uh, like hell you will, and he does some shit where he like reaches his hand up this dude's <laughs> he, asshole. And, he like, does a Mortal Kombat fatality He does, yeah, he does a fatality. <laughs> <laughs> and he fucking reaches his hand up his asshole and like pulls out the back of his face down into his asshole, turns him inside out, yeah. and then all the other people at the party are like... Whoa! They're like, damn, <laughs> fuck, dude. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you could do that. We better let this guy go. <laughs> yeah. And then he just leaves, and that's kind of the end. Yeah. And then the girlfriend, uh, the girlfriend that he fucked earlier, is like, I don't want to be these weird alien people anymore. Yeah, I'm going with I'm you, gonna... where we can fuck more, <laughs> regular right. style. Her, her and then someone else, the mom or something. It's like no, three people. No, no, no. It's some other 
person. Gosh, I forget. Who else would even be alive? It doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, yeah, that's the end. It, it ends. Um, yeah, so I, I saw this movie in high school. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I saw it in, in, in pretty young. Um, and it was, you know, pretty pretty mind-boggling. And, and I think it was one of the first movies to um, really set me on a path of liking this kind of, like, weird horror movie. Yeah. Of, like, more interested in strange um, special effects and practical effects. I mean, I, I, we've talked about it a lot. I, I really enjoy uh, practical effects. I used to watch shows about movie magic practical effects and stuff. Um, and so seeing this full display of, like, you know, all kinds of, like, a carnival of weird uh, horrors... Uh, was really enchanting to me as a mm-hmm. kid. Um, and then I watched it again in college and was like, this movie is has really interesting politics. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, being basically an Epstein movie, I think. Um, later, realizing that the guy who wrote this movie is full-on crazy okay. uh, and is uh, now writing books that are like sort of fiction, basically just about Epstein stuff. Okay. Um, He's big into like the rich are eating babies kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, um, I don't know. The politics of this movie are interesting because it's like there is this Epstein y angle to it, but it's just a very broad brush that, like, I kind of think kind of limits its ability to say much because it's really just saying, like, like they, they're not pointing to anything in particular except to say, like, these wealthy people, but we don't see them as being particularly wealthy. Like, they don't seem like they're billionaires. They just seem like the dad is, like, a real estate lawyer who's done pretty well. You know, like, it's they're not a, they're not a level of wealth that, like, could own a private island and run a private, you know, uh, sex trafficking ring out of your private, you know, jumbo jet. Like, I, th- I think the implication of the movie is that they are at that level, like, mm-hmm. but they didn't have the money to make them at level. Like, the party that they have with like the secret like tent or whatever, and like, there's like this other like, there's all these. I think that's the level of rich they could show because yeah. they didn't have that much money. But I think that's the intent is that they're sure. sort of the ruling class. Like they literally say at the end, like we're a different class. We're a different class, yes, <laughs> for sure. It's it's definitely. I mean, it's it's pretty on the nose about like who we're nose, talking yeah. about as rich people. <laughs> I guess what I mean to say is it's like it it doesn't necessarily feel like, like they could have talked more about like industry. They could have talked more about like f- like finance and like like where does the money come like. It just it 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 feels like they're too broadly rich for me to see them as being different than like say the the family from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> well, he's a judge. He's yeah. a ruling class. Uh, but I think uh, I think yeah. If there if it was a smarter or like more explicitly like materialist thing, you would have a, a plot line or at least a line of dialogue being like, we are you know running. Yeah, here's you what know, we do. Here's who run- I know. And like, we're like running, bu- like the people we do at the shunting come from like South America or something. You know so what I mean? So that's the like, other thing, right? Is it's like, it's what does it mean then that like the kid that they're shunting is like their son? And like, 
the, yeah. the I know they say like you're not really our son. We adopted, yeah, adopted. you or whatever. But like mm-hmm. that's not really <laughs> like what does it mean that like the other kid that they're shunting is is like another boy from their town. That means he's rich too. Like these people like the the really interesting thing would have been yeah if it was like we're bringing in people to be shunted from somewhere else you right. know um, uh, yeah it, it functions I think a lot like the way Eyes Wide Shut does which is like a movie about in my opinion um, <laughs> about like a guy dealing with whether he's okay with like having this life with the trade off of like his children being used yeah um so that's another thing i was gonna say is like and it's like i don't know if they're really like taking their doctor's kids and like giving them to jeffrey epstein like Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's like to show you i think kubrick is trying to like show you what's going on in the inter but so then this is but this is what i'm saying is like this is the difference between a kubrick and a this guy brian yesna (laughs) is like is kubrick has like a much keener idea of how you can not necessarily point directly but you can still give a broader idea like yeah it, yeah, yeah. In, in this well, movie Kubrick's, it would have been interesting yeah, even Kubrick. if you wanted to keep all the elements the same it would have been interesting if the story was that billy is like it's billy's debut you know whatever uh-huh. like it's, okay. it's billy's special birthday thing or whatever and at his special birthday thing they're like okay so here's the real shit is we shunt and this is what our society is all about and it's time for you to decide are you going to shunt or not and if you right. don't shunt, then we're going to shunt you and you're going to fucking, you're going to be gone. Yeah. And, he, <laughs> and, and it's like, do you want to like absorb this like Puerto Rican child or yeah, whatever? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. This is a Haitian boy that we brought in. He's 12. Uh, uh-huh. And and do you want to shunt him? Right. And I think that's absolutely. I mean, like this movie is very broadly uh, a movie about this stuff but mm-hmm. like seems to make a lot of uh concessions based on what the tropes of horror i was at the time which is yeah. like we need a, a girl to show her boobs and we need <laughs> to have you know these kinds of people in it and you know yeah i think, I think getting that dark or that's real might have been on the edges of what they were felt like they could do right, right um right, right. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, it would have been awesome if they But even that. if it wasn't that dark or that serious, I mean, even just like small adjustments, like making it that Brian, the, I want to keep wanting to call him Brian, Bill, that Billy has to decide whether he wants to join them or not. Like the idea of it being a moral uh, question would have been more sure. interesting. Like the idea that like you have a choice whether you shunt or not, even, you know, keeping everything the same in the girlfriend, like having the girlfriend make more of a thing out of it that she's choosing not to do this bad thing. Right. You know, like I think that would have improved things a lot. Sure. I mean, well, I, I think, you know, it's also interesting because the movie isn't like good. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Like the movie isn't a, you know, the tone of the movie is almost like a comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, It has this real sort of like, there's even like parts of the movie where the the music is like, you know, like has this sort of, I don't know, Tim Burton-y, I'm trying to think of what was like that around this time, but this sort of off kilter, goofy tone. because it's almost like a send-up of things. Yeah. Or that's almost how it feels. It's not a very like well thought out or well made movie. But I think 
except for the end. I mean, I I think the 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 practical effects are awesome. Um, and that guy who did them, God, what is his name? It's like um, screaming, screaming Bob. He's like a he's like a Japanese guy who was obsessed with screaming Jay Hawkins. So his name is like <laughs> screaming Bob or something. Um, but he's really talented. Oh, screaming Mad George. Uh-huh. Um, he just he's from Osaka and he did all these uh, wild movies where he does all he he like he worked on Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three and four, um, so I think his work on this is really awesome. And um, see, really cool. I was gonna say I kind of think that even like the effects, I I wasn't that into. Sure. I think some of the effects. I think for the time. For the time, the they're budget. okay. They're not like. I don't know. I mean, it's like some like when he like reaches up inside the guy's face from the asshole. Like it just looks too fake and shitty. Sure. And like when they do the fir- the opening it's shot of the, the shunting, thing. it's not the thing or anything. They didn't no, 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 no. It's not the fly. <laughs> it's not like it, it's not it's not gross enough. You know, this is my big I problem. Is like gross. I thought it wasn't gross enough mm. to be gross. It wasn't funny enough to be funny. It wasn't scary enough to be scary. It wasn't insightful enough. It, like everything about it is like just kind of like floating in this like little middle space where I'm like. I'm like, it could go any of a number of directions and I think I'd like it, but it just never goes in any of them. So I'm always kind of like waiting for it to be like, all right, show me what kind of movie you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a a, a D-list, like eight, late 80s horror movie. Yeah. It's very goofy. But what I was going to say is the, the, the effect when they, when they do the shunting, right? The first thing that you see. And, and I don't know. I mean, I feel like the first thing you see should be pretty strong, you know, to, to open up your, like you can have some cheaper, crappier looking things in the middle of stuff. Sure. Yeah. But like you want to open strong. And the first thing you see is like that, like lip effect of like their face melting into his like penis area, basically like they're (laughs) kind of like sucking him off, but like up, uh, that like, I, the first thing I noticed was that like the connection onto the face of that, like of that skin effect was kind of ripping was kind of ripping. Yeah. And I was like, man, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Come on guys. Do it better. I just sat through an hour of this (laughs) to get to this. (laughs) I, I, okay. So the, the, the general consensus on this movie, um, that I've read is that the movie is very boring and they, people don't like it and they sit through it for the end, which mm-hmm. is a lot of fun. And I agree. It's not, it's no, the thing level stuff. It's not even from beyond actually. Uh, Stuart Gordon stuff is, is better. Um, and, uh, like stuff like basket case. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but you know, it's fun and inventive and really strange. Yeah. Um, especially divorced from context. Like if you see screenshots of this movie, it's fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Um, really weird stuff like the big hand head and you know, the, the ass face and stuff. Yeah. Um, me personally, I really like a lot of the stuff through for the first hour of the movie. Like I, I it's not good. It's not great or anything, but I do think it's fun to watch a guy have this suspicion that something really strange is happening and not be able to figure out, like realize every, like I like movies like that where like 
the long goodbye or the parallax view. Mm-hmm. This is not that kind of movie, but I just think that structure really works for me. And so when I've watched it when I was a kid, I wasn't, you know, sort of enraptured in like what is happening. Um, and I feel like that's always stayed with me. I was just, I'm able to watch it and be like, appreciate the pacing as like this weird thing that's underlying this fairly normal, you know, neighborhood, you know, this rich person's neighborhood or whatever. Uh, I think that works for me. I, it's not, you know, it's not gripping. Like it's not a, a, a suspenseful movie, but I, I did keep me interested and I'm always, I think it works um, for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love the end because it's cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's a nice little thing. That's yeah. how I feel about it. I think what I'd want from it is like, I'd like to see it have more of like a trauma sort of a vibe to it. Like more funny, more funny and more horny. And <laughs> that would, I think kind of save it for me is if mm. like there was like five to seven times more nudity and maybe like, you know, maybe about the same times more jokes. And I think I'd be there. Yeah. The, jo- the I will say the thing that watching it this time that I didn't like the most is the jokes. Mm-hmm. Like the humor in this movie fell the flattest for me. Yeah. Cause I like the horror aspects. I like the intrigue aspects and the, the, the comedy in this movie is real silly and then mostly falls flat for me. Uh, what is there comedy wise? There's not a lot. There's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, there is some stuff here and there, but like, it's just, I don't know. I think it's gotta, I think it's gotta be funny and horny is what, <laughs> th- what it felt like it was trying to be and failing to be. So I yeah. think that's what it's gotta be. Now me, I'd go the other way. Like I would like to, I would love to remake this movie mm-hmm. and do what we said politically and make it oh sure yeah sort of like a have the have the uh the tone of midsummer or something and just be like this weird dark like uneasy thing and then have the last 30 minutes just plunge into oh yeah you know what it would be is (laughs) um you could do like uh like the white lotus and it's like (laughs) it's like a rich family takes a kid on vacation with them oh no that would um, be like to like Epstein's Island. <laughs> yeah, to like an Epstein Island sort of a situation, and then they're like, but then it's like surprise, daughter. Like this is your your little rich people quinceanera, and you have to decide yeah. if you're going to shunt your friend or not. <laughs> and the really good thing about that is that like what's important to know is like to set the stakes of what Billy would benefit from that. Yeah, because it's like you know he's got this cool jeep. And like I, I think that some of that stuff is in the movie a little bit, like subtextually. Like he does benefit from going to a great school, being a, you know a class mm-hmm. president guy, and having a cool jeep and a hot girlfriend or whatever. Like he benefits from this life. But I wish they more pointedly were like, "You'll lose all that stuff if you walk away from this, right? And or right. we'll kill you, or <laughs> like you can't be tell anybody about this." Um, and I, I think like leaning hard into the ideas in this movie uh would be cool uh and i'd love to see a you know sort of more modern horror take on this movie um and i and for what it is i i really like the the sort of surface broad goofy version of it mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but i i get th- i get that it's not like the best movie <laughs> yeah 
So I, I personally, I, I, I recommend it. Uh, but I think maybe when I do recommend it, I'll be more um, clear to caveat because <laughs> uh, as I've grown up, I've recognized that it's not, uh, it doesn't hold everybody's attention as much as uh, mine. Yeah, I'm going to say I don't recommend it. Um, I just don't think it's, I don't think it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're really into, uh, you know, the makeup and stuff, like, you can watch the last 20 minutes, and it's not like you lose much. Like, you get yeah. what, ha- you know. You get the idea. You get the idea. Um, honestly, if you have any interest in, like, the movies, like, The Thing, like, do watch the last 20 minutes. It's cool. Um, but I like it as a whole. Uh, the only thing I really wish just was gone from the movie was the the new girlfriend's mom who like eats the hair. Oh yeah. What the fuck like, is that? What is, about? what is happening? What, what does is that, that have that to character? do with anything? I completely <laughs> forgot about her. Yeah. And I don't know what she is representing or like what in the fiction of the movie is supposed to be. Yeah. Like, cause is she like a broken version of the aliens or whatever. Or yeah. Or is like... she like who they set up the, the like shunt kids to be with so that like nobody asks questions. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't know. know, man. Weird. Whatever it is, it's weird and it doesn't it's work. Some weird freaky shit in this movie. And uh, Jeremy didn't like it. I have a big soft spot for this movie. And I wanted, I picked this one because I wanted to have like some, something to talk about because I like a lot of these movies and they're all about this good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but this one at least has a fun political thing going on. Uh, whereas from beyond is just nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it has a lot more of the, the juicy flesh. Um, and I love it for that reason, but, uh, not much to talk about, but, uh, yeah. So that's our take on this movie. Thanks so much for listening to, Oh, you got something to say? Nope. That's it. Okay. Thanks for listening to generation loss. Uh, this has been the podcast. If you'd like to hear more of our podcast, <laughs> you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss and listen to a weekly bonus episode. Uh, this week we did the Soprano season two. Yes. Um, we have a thing on this Patreon where if you subscribed to it, you will, uh, be a, a part of getting me to watch the show The Sopranos. <laughs> yes. Um, At first, it was a punishment. We were punishing Bryn by uh, making her watch more of The Sopranos. It but was now she's hooked. <laughs> she's hooked. She's addicted. She fiends. She needs more Sopranos. I desire The Sopranos because it's a cute show so far. Her body I, I... cries out for more Tony. <laughs> She needs to know what happens <laughs> well, with I, Furio. I she needs to know. All she I knows is Furio the way. goon. She doesn't know Furio the lover yet. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. She Ponytail. doesn't know the passion of Furio yet. And she'll <laughs> never know unless more of you sign up for the Patreon right fucking now. Yeah, I really think you should because the, the episodes are fun to do. And uh, if you'd like, you can hear my thoughts on them over there at patreon.com slash generation loss. And if we get just 25 more... You can hear me uh, do season three, me and Jeremy. And Jeremy's seen it all already. I've seen it all already so many times. <laughs> I know exactly what happens with Furio, but I'm not <laughs> telling not. Bryn. And I she'll not. never and know unless you I've give us more been, money. <laughs> I've also been really good about not really spoiling much for myself. CW spoiled me on one big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly I, I don't really know what happens. I mean, I've seen the very last sequence which everyone argues about what happens anyway. So yeah, 
big strokes, four, five, six. I got no idea what goes on. Who's dead? Who's alive? What are they trying to do? Um, so I'm excited to watch it. So hopefully, if you're excited to hear that and watch it along with us. Or you just want to do a nice thing for the person whose podcast you listen to (laughs) and just let her watch the show. You know, you don't even have to care. Just do me a favor. Just do me a little favor. Five dollars a month. Just you could do you could do it for a couple months. Yeah. And then dip. We don't care. Really don't care. We just have to hit that number once. We just wanna see it. Anyway, over there we'll get weekly bonus episodes. Sometimes it's about the Sopranos. Sometimes it's other things. Sometimes it's movie news. Yeah. Um, and you'll I'm get those. I mean, I guess next week we're going to talk a little bit about Mr. Bob Saget, who passed away. He just passed away as we're recording this episode. Yeah. Um, we probably almost certainly will. Um, we should watch Dirty Work. <laughs> Did he direct that movie? We should watch. Um, um, uh, the, what's that movie called? The the um the aristocrats. The aristocrats. I do remember he's featured heavily in that movie. Yeah. He tells a real good version of <laughs> of that. Uh, yeah, he. I think Dirty Work was maybe his only directorial movie, um, which is very funny. Um, oh, and he also directed Farce of the Penguins, which I'm sure is awful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, over there we'll do the bonus episodes, movie news, things like that. Uh, you also get access to the Discord, where we will show you the movie we're going to talk about on Monday. Um, and otherwise, uh, we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>